0: Well, good morning to all of you, and I want to do a special shout out to Kathy and Avril. Where are you? Next week. No, they're right here. <laughs> They surprised us. They will be here next week uh, sharing in the Sunday school class after the service, so you want to make sure you stick around for that, and that will be in Fellowship Hall, so you'll get to hear details about their um, doings in Thailand, but we're so glad you're here with us today, and it was a nice surprise. So um, I thought, gosh, Pete, am I going crazy or what? I thought I saw Kathy and Ale- uh, Avril. Anyway, yes, good morning. Our scripture today comes from the book of Job not job, and I wish we could just put an E at the end of that, don't you? Job in uh, chapter 42, verse 2, in the New Revised Standard Version. The verse says, I know that you can do all things and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. Now, if you've been in my office, you might have noticed that verse on my wall. My daughter-in-law, Elise, gave uh, this to me after hearing it it was one of my favorite verses. So it's on my wall. You may not have noticed it, but it's been there. This verse has been very significant to me ever since I did an in-depth study on the book of Job about 20 years ago. Now today is not at all an in-depth study on the book of Job, so don't be frustrated with me if I just... Just take take, take a glimpse. Today I'm just going to be sharing with you, kind of before I leave for the summer, why this verse has been significant to me, and I hope it will be to all of you too. You see, I'm going to be going on a, what I'm calling a a grown-up timeout, for reflection, renewal, and reconnecting with God in a very intentional way. And so this verse has been coming back to me. It has helped me gain perspective over the years, and again, I hope it will for you too after today. The reason I chose this particular version is because I love the word thwarted. Thwarted, how many times have you used that word in the last week, month, ever? I think it's a great word. And the other versions say stop or hinder, and that just doesn't sound nearly as cool, so anyway. A little context for our message today about Job. We don't know who wrote the book, and we're not sure when it was written, most likely during the time of the patriarchs. It forms a part of the wisdom material along with Proverbs and Ecclesiastes. Job chapter one, going back to the beginning, tells us that he was blameless and upright. It says he feared God and turned away from evil He was wealthy with livestock, and he had a family. Sounds like he's leading a pretty good life, right? Well, one day, Satan comes to God and proposes that if Job met a crisis, that maybe he would turn from God, that if he wasn't experiencing all these blessings, he would not remain blameless and upright, and he would curse God to his face. So God took him up on the offer. And he gave Satan permission to destroy all that he had, lock, stock, and barrel, so to speak. Over several events, all was gone, his possessions, his family, and even his health. Now, there's a whole lot that transpires between that beginning and where I'm going to land today. And he had some very unhelpful friends who assumed that Job has sinned in some way, and so has brought all of this on himself. Do you know people like that? Job has some hard conversations with God, and God eventually responds to Job in chapter 38, way down the line. In a whirlwind or a storm, we're told, and God says to Job, where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me. Do you have understanding? And God continues to question Job, and it's after that questioning that Job is humbled and comes to the conclusion that God can do all things. He is God. He can do whatever he wants. And that there's no purpose or plan that can be hindered or thwarted. I think we can all relate to Job on some level at some point in our lives. We all have had or are having or experiencing suffering or circumstances. They just don't make sense. Everything's been going along fine, and then all of a sudden, in a minute, things change. It challenges our theology that the good will prosper and that the wicked will be punished. Well, Job's response to God's questioning with these words, you can do all things and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted, shows that Job has a sense of comfort just from the presence of God, even though he still does not know the origin or meaning of his crisis. What is so ironic is that it is from this very crisis, not the blessings, Having every earthly thing taken away, that all of a sudden Job gains understanding that he never had before. He goes on in verse five where he says, I had heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eye sees you, seeing not physically, but with his heart, an understanding that is deep and greater. You see, now he can see God in a real way. God has been with him in the crisis. The most powerful aspect of Job's encounter with God was not God's words that he used. It was in his loving presence that Job changed him most profoundly. One commentator said, seeing God, the prospect of which normally instilled fear for one's life, instead, this visual encounter with awesome deity has helped Job to view his circumstances in proper perspective. He becomes content simply to recognize God's unfathomable greatness and to accept difficulties of his life, whether he can make sense of them or not. As most of you know, I am a planner. I can be spontaneous if it's written in my daily planner. But with all my planning, I can say that most of my plan for my life has not gone the way it was supposed to. Can you all relate? I would bet everyone in this room could say the exact same thing. But when I sense God's presence like Job did, it's easier for me to handle my plans or purposes being thwarted because I know his cannot. And when I'm overwhelmed by my circumstances or think something is impossible, I need to remind myself what is real, that God can do all things. I cannot, but he can. And his purpose for me cannot be stopped. Job came to realize that he had been dabbling in things far beyond his understanding. Can you relate to that too? He was totally out of his depth. Before he had heard of God, but now he had seen God for himself, the creator of the universe, who laid the foundations, who put the stars in the sky, who created everything seen and unseen. You see, that was enough for him now. His questions, they go unanswered. But now he can trust when he doesn't understand. Somehow, through the grand vision of God's creation, Job's desire to be in the presence of God had been fulfilled. He had seen God, and that moves him from despair to life again. He's not the center of the universe. He knows that now. But he has a place and a purpose, like we all do. What do you, how do you see yourself in Job's story? You see, at this point, nothing has changed for Job when he makes this declaration. He still has nothing. He still is sick. But now his perspective has changed. Does adversity cause you to question the character of God? I know it does for me. Do you believe that he can do anything and that his plan or purpose for you cannot be thwarted? Perhaps you're trying to thwart his plan for you. I've many times in my life not been on board with God's plan for me or his purpose because mine just seems to make more sense. I am in a place of transition right now and a little bit confused, I'm going to be honest. My role here is changing. My role as a wife has changed to caregiver. God's plans, they are not my plans. But I am reminded of these verses in Isaiah. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways, your ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher, higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Is there a situation in your life that you need to give up trying to make sense of it and just rest in the knowledge that God can do all things and that his purposes can't be thwarted? We can either fight with God or we can gain comfort in the fact that God's purposes and plans are higher than ours. I have an idea, I I have no idea what the next few months will bring for me. It's kind of exciting, and it's also terrifying, because there's nothing in my daily planner right now. My prayer is that my time away will result in me knowing God on a much deeper level, knowing who he is, just like Job came to that point and that I would know what his purpose for me is in in this next season of my ministry, my personal life, and my family life. I need to focus on being instead of doing for a time, and I think we all do. The word sabbatical comes from the word Sabbath. I hope that we all, all of us, can enter summer with this in mind. After the year and a half we've had, It's been crazy, we all need a Sabbath rest. I would like to ask you to pray that I would experience God's presence in times of fun, maybe picking up a golf club again, reflection and reorientation and that my plans would be God's plans. I don't wanna miss God's purpose for me in this time And I will be praying the exact same thing for all of you who I will miss very much. I'm going to end with this verse from Proverbs. Many are the plans in the mind of man or woman, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. Receive this Sabbath benediction. May this day bring Sabbath rest to your heart and your home. May God's image in you be restored and your imagination of God be restored. May the gravity of material things be lightened and the relativity of time slow down. May you know grace to embrace your infinite smallness in the arms of God's infinite greatness. May God's word feed you and his spirit lead you into the week and into the summer and into the life to come. Amen, go in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.